A lesson from Luke chapter 2. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. The word of the Lord. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Someone who suffers from deafness gets cochlear implants, and the moment that they turn them on, they finally get to experience sound for the first time in their entire lives. Someone who was born colorblind is given a pair of glasses that enables them to see colors that they before were never able to see. You can find hundreds if not thousands of videos such as these on the internet. And when you watch them, the same kind of thing happens. These people experience something for the first time, and it's overwhelming. It's sensory overload. Oftentimes, they cry tears of joy because it's so wonderful that they get to hear, that they get to see things they never got to see before. It's overwhelming to the senses. Compare that feeling or that phenomenon to, let's say, you go on a trip to a different country and you see a giant insect that you didn't even know existed. Or you're out for a walk at night and you hear an animal growling and it sounds unlike anything you've ever heard before. You are overwhelmed, perhaps. Afraid is a good word for it. The same thing is happening at its core. You are being overwhelmed by new information, but it's not producing joy. You might be crying tears of horror at the insect or the sound. I got to be honest. It's really easy for me to read these verses from Luke chapter 2 and just kind of gloss over them. Just say, oh yeah, that's the Christmas story, and totally miss what is happening to these shepherds. These normal shepherds minding their own business, they were out watching their flocks, their livelihood at night. They were taking turns, keeping watch while the rest of the group slept. And the shepherd who was keeping watch, whose turn it was to watch out for predators or bandits who would try to take one of the sheep away and therefore take dollar signs 
away from them. They wouldn't be able to uh, live, make the same amount of money on less of a flock. They see something coming, and it's scary. And so they wake up the rest of their companions, and they say, you got to see this. And then they all get up, and they look, and they are terrified because they see an angel. See, Luke doesn't make a big deal out of this. He says that they see the angel and they are terrified. And it's real easy to just keep reading without pausing and wondering what the shepherds must feel. It is nothing short of existential dread to see something they have never seen before. And maybe that's why it's so easy for us to just skip over it, because I have no idea what an angel looks like. And I have no idea how I would react in the same circumstance. Do you? But if you've been following along with us in these Wednesday night services, you know that angels have been appearing time and again. And you already know that the, the standard response to these angels appearing is fear. And if you're familiar with the Old Testament, you know that angels appearing to people is kind of a thing here in the Bible. And oftentimes, the majority of times, the way people react is by being afraid. Kind of makes you think that these angels are not cute, chubby little babies with little wings, nor are they tall, handsome men with curly blonde hair and white robes. That looks pretty normal. But these are unlike anything these people have ever seen. So they cause nothing short of terror. You know that there are many different kinds of fear. There's just that sudden shock that movies play on you by just throwing something in your face, by shocking you, trying to catch you off guard. There's the creeping dread, though, that affects some of us, that maybe things are just, in general, not okay, that the world is not okay, that our nation is not okay. That's a real fear that a lot of us feel. There's the kind of paranoia that you might have if you're talking to someone one-on-one where you start to suspect maybe they don't have my best interests in mind and I don't know what they're going to do. That's a different kind of fear. The shepherds, when they see the angels, experience all of these at the same time. What is this extraterrestrial being want with us? Dread. What are they going to do with us? Are they going to kill us? That's terror. That's shock. And they definitely didn't suspect that this angel was going to pop up. So that's the surprise, the panic moment. This is what happens, brothers and sisters, when holy comes into contact with unholy. When a heavenly, spiritual, perfect, bright, glorious being comes into contact with an earthly, lowly, sinful being. And the reality that we are face to face with in Luke chapter 2 is this is just a glimpse. This is just a snapshot of the glory of God Almighty. The shepherds seeing this glory, they're afraid. Should we be too? Should we feel the dread of knowing that God up in heaven could punish us at any moment for our sins, and he would be perfectly justified to do so? 
Should we feel the paranoia of knowing that God is, is more in control, more powerful than any of us are, and he can do whatever he wants without consulting us for a moment? Should we feel afraid of God himself? Or is that something we don't really think about that often? Because in our lives, in our walk with God, we've gotten too comfortable compartmentalizing God, putting him in a little box and putting him on a little shelf in our hearts, not really thinking about his power or his justice or his ability and his right to punish. Why did God send an angel to shepherds? Shepherds had no influence in their society, They were not rich by any means, couldn't make a lot of money being shepherds. They were considered dirty. They were considered lowly. They made their living raising sheep, obviously. They would sell the wool to clothing merchants. They would sell the meat to butchers to sell on the Passover. It was a living, but it wasn't much. Nobody was traveling out to where the shepherds lived with no roof over their heads to ask their opinion on politics or get their hot take on what was happening in society. Who really cared about shepherds? But this angel, in all his glory, appears to them and has a conversation with them. He scares them, he shocks them, he terrorizes them, but then he says, don't be afraid. Can you imagine? It sounds about as helpful as telling an anxious person to calm down telling a sad person to cheer up, telling an angry person to just chill out, doesn't tend to work unless you can give them a reason. And the angel says, do not be afraid because I've got some very, very good news for you. Today, in the town of David, Bethlehem, David's home, a Savior has been born to you to us. What does that mean, born to us? He's not my son. He's not your son. He came out of Mary's womb. He was born to Mary and Joseph, but he was born to be ours, to be our Savior. And maybe that's another detail that can get lost on us because we're so used to using the word Savior in these walls. Outside, not so much, right? I don't mean to insult your intelligence, but Savior means someone who saves. So picture for yourself what is so popular in the theaters right now, a superhero. A superhero who arrives on the scene to beat a bad guy. And no one else can beat the bad guy, but the superhero has the superpowers that are precisely needed to save the day. Iron Man's got his laser hands. Superman has his pretty much everything, and Batman has money and skills to boot. Jesus arrives on the scene, and if he has a superpower, if we can call it that, his superpower is removing every reason to be afraid, taking away your fears. He lives to silence all my fears. He lives to wipe away my tears. No more 
do you need to feel the existential dread that comes from pondering how God is going to deal with you because he dealt with Jesus in your place? No longer do you need to feel paranoid that God is in control and he might do some things that you don't agree with. No, lo no longer do you need to be afraid of a God who might punish you. Jesus was born to take away all those reasons to be afraid. And in its place, to give you the security of knowing God's love, God's forgiveness. Knowing that God is not going to punish you because Jesus was born to endure your punishment in your place. Knowing that you do have a good, right relationship with God because that's why Jesus came into the world. Knowing that God does love you, he does relate to you, he does want a relationship with you, that's why Jesus showed up on the scene. That is very good news that causes great joy. Why did God send the angel to appear to shepherds? Well, there might be a lot of reasons. And one of them that you can take home with you tonight is that it shows us that God cares about the people that society might reject. If you feel marginalized, if you feel belittled by the people in your life, look at the shepherds and you see God cares about you. He cares enough to share with you the good news of great joy. Because what's the opposite of fear? It's joy. You know the joys of life just like you know the fears of life, but Jesus came to give you the greatest reason for joy. And it's a joy that you haven't experienced in any other way because it's a joy that comes from God Almighty himself. It's a security of knowing that you rest in a good relationship with God himself, the Holy One of Heaven. It's the joy of knowing that God is the one who keeps his promises. That ever since the Garden of Eden, when God promised a Savior to come to crush the serpent's head, when he was thinking about you centuries, millennia before you were even born, that promise was kept. Jesus came to keep God's promises. That's joy. The joy of knowing that the God up in heaven, who is more powerful than you, is working all things for your eternal good. That the God up in heaven who is holy, holier than we are, who is different than we are, who is more perfect than we are, became one of us to dwell among us and to save us. God has replaced every reason to have fear with, with reasons to have joy in Jesus. That's what Christmas is all about. That's the good news that these angels, these strange, terrifying beings came to share with the shepherds. And so you can identify with the shepherds. And so you and I, we can say in response to this great news the exact same thing that the shepherds said. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Let's go to worship on Christmas Eve 
and see this great thing that has happened, this fulfillment of promise from God. Let's go back to God's house on Christmas Day and, and see how much God loves us in this Christmas reality. Let's join the shepherds in their spirit, in their reaction, and in their joy. Amen.